Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. We're going to um, we'll just do it real quick because it's, it's a pretty long service. I feel like we're Pentecostals because we lasted a little long. We're usually ending at this time, but God is good. Amen. Amen. I'm not complaining. I'm thinking thankful. Father God, I thank you for this time together. I pray none of me but all of you. I pray for supernatural divine utterance that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. Grant unto your people, just lift up your hands. Say, grant unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you that the eyes of my understanding may be flooded with the light of your word that I may know what is the hope of your calling. And what are the riches of your inheritance in the saints? And I thank you. I believe I receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for these, your people. Father, I pray that you'll pour out your glory. I thank you that I preach not as a, a mere man, but as a man anointed by God, Father. I pray that as we talk about the defeat of the enemy, I thank you, Father, for for signs and wonders and words of knowledge and words of wisdom and prophecy and tongues and interpretation and the gift of faith and the discerning of spirits and the gifts of healing. I thank you for these manifestations of the, of, 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 um, the gifts of the spirit, Father. I thank you, Father, and it is because of your glory, Father. Just lift up your hands and, work and, and minister to your Father. Father, we minister to you and we say you be the Lord to us. We love you with all of our existence. We love you with our minds, with our hearts, with our emotions, with our souls. And God, we, we love you. We bless your name in Jesus' matchless name. Amen. Amen. We're going to go right into it. We're talking about today. We've been talking about unmasking Satan. This is the uncommon sermon for Christmas, but you'll see how it ties in. The, the, the Christmas is a time where we celebrate the incarnation, the first coming of Christ, the first advent, as some will say. And now we are waiting, patiently waiting for the second advent or the second coming of Christ. How many know that Christ is coming back soon? Believe it or not, he's coming. We are one day closer to the return of the Lord, and the Lord is coming. He's, he's going to crack the sky any minute now, <laughs> and we'll be able to go home and be with him forever, forever, as, as Thessalonians says. And so today we're going to talk about enforcing Satan's defeat. Everybody say enforcing Satan's defeat. And so this, I, I, I came, I was born and bred, bred it in, uh, well, a Baptist church, a Methodist church, a non-denominational church. And when I moved to New Jersey, I, I instantly became part of a deliverance church. So I know deliverance pretty well, like the back of my hand. Um, I have a Ph.D. in binding and loosening. I really do. I really do. I really do. I used to bind everything that moved. <laughs> I used to practice on my dog. I cast some devils out. And when, when the dog had a little seizure, I was like, come out in Jesus' name. Come out. Come out. But it was much more than just a devil. He, the dog had some issues <laughs> besides a demon. <laughs> but I didn't know that. I just thought that because I saw that Jesus doing that, I figured everybody who had a seizure had a devil. 
And so, but that's not always the case. Um, I, I, did, I, I did say this at the beginning that we were going to have questions and answering. Did I say that? I did say that. But because of time, in light of time, we're not going to have any questions and answering today because we'll be here until the return of Christ. But, in, but we're going to have set up another time to do that. So in the meantime, I'm, I'm going to talk about enforcing the defeat of Satan. Now, in deliverance ministry, if, who's familiar with deliverance ministry? Um, deliverance, you know, they sometimes they have um, the church I grew up. Let me explain that. The church I grew up every Sunday night was deliverance, and so they would have people come up, and our, our, our manual that we used was um, pigs in the parlor. All right, which which is not a great book, by the way. Not a lot of unscriptural stuff in there, um, but but that was our manual, and and so we had the pigs in the parlor, and and we had people come to the altar. We had buckets on each side. And we had paper towels. I mean, I think the paper towel cost of the church was probably at least, um, at least $300 a month um, just because we, we used a lot of because people. And then people, so they had people renounce stuff. And then we began to address different spirits. And, and sometimes people would levitate while um, casting out. They had these workers. And they were like, come out in Jesus' name. Come out in Jesus' name. And, and sometimes people begin to levitate. And, and um, it, was, it was like, wow, these manifestations. And, um, and so some of that was God, but most of it wasn't. Most of it was flesh. And we don't seek manifestations. We don't seek manifestations. Uh, just because something manifests doesn't mean that it's, it's coming out. And instead of those people being set free, a lot of them actually were, um, it actually invited devils inside of them. Mm -hmm. So I do believe in deliverance. <clears throat> And, and, I, and, I, and I do minister deliverance, but we don't just do it because there's an issue. So, for example, if you're dealing with someone who is caught up in drugs, it's not always a drug spirit, right? right? There, there, there's some ownership, and sometimes people use deliverance as a means to excuse their uncrucified flesh. And so this, which I'm going to talk to you today some deliverance churches hate this because it, 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 it makes God's people rely on who they are in Christ more than on the anointed man or woman of God. Okay, so this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> so I, I, I want to go into this. This is our last series as it deals with um, unmasking Satan. And so if you ever, how many know that Satan is already defeated? Um, we're not called to fight Satan. Un contrary to popular belief, uh, we, we're not going into Satan's territory to tear his kingdom down. That sounds good. That sounds biblical, but it's unbiblical. Nowhere does God tell us in the New Testament to go into Satan's kingdom and tear his kingdom down. Because Jesus, our big brother and in, in Lord and Savior, has already done it. And so let, let, we are to enforce that defeat that Jesus already, already did. He already defeated the enemy. We'll, we'll look at that in Colossians chapter 2 in a minute. If you're going to be successful as a believer in Christ, you will have to learn some major things. And these are some major things you have to know if you're going to be successful as a Christian. I've been saved um, since I was four years old, speaking in tongues since I was six, 
and in ministry for 25 years old. So I'm actually 25. PD is 25. <laughs> All right. So we want to talk about it. All right. So these are some major things that you have to know in order to be successful. I'm just going to mention a few and then we'll measure on it into 2020. First, you've got to learn how to meditate the word of God. Meditation is hard work. It's not something that you do. You just learn. But it's a lost art now. Um, it, it's, it's one thing to quote the scriptures, but it's another thing to meditate. When you meditate, you go from a place of just knowing about the Bible mentally, but where it becomes intimate. You become intimate with the Word of God. So to meditate, how to meditate the Word of God. If you're going to be successful, you got to learn how to meditate. Number two, you this is not in a specific order. Number two, you got to learn how to use your faith. Use your faith. Faith is a principle. Throughout the scriptures, we see faith is important. Sometimes people say, oh, it's, you, can, you preach too much about faith. Oh, we don't preach enough about faith. There's not enough people preaching about faith, right? Um, the just shall live by faith. We got saved by faith. We walk by faith. Um, we're going to see Jesus by faith. You can't please God without faith. So faith is very important. So you got to learn how to use your faith. And the next one is how to learn how to be led by the Spirit of God. And we talked about that, how it's important to learn how to be led by the Spirit of God. Many times people are led by dreams, visions, um, um, they, they're led by prophecies, but really learning how to connecting and following the leadership of the Spirit. And we majored on that for a while this past summer. Um, the next, you're going to have to understand the power of the name of Jesus. The power of the name of Jesus. We sung about his name. How beautiful is that name? Beautiful. What a beautiful name. But you got to learn how to use that name in prayer. Use the name against the devil. Use the name against um, sickness and disease. Use the name against um, circumstances and situations. And the next is um, you're going to have to learn how to walk in love. If you want to be successful as a Christian, you got to stay in a place of love and forgiveness. Be quick to forgive. Don't be quick to hold stuff, especially married couples. Be quick to release a person. And, um, and even if they do the same thing, you are called to forgive them 70 times 7, as Jesus said, over the same thing in one day. Um, another part of being successful as a Christian is learning how to live in community. Learning how to live in community. People want the Christ, but not want the church. They really don't want the Christ of the Bible. They think they have imaginary Christ, and they don't want the local assembly. The local assembly is very important because it keeps you accountable to your walk in Christ. Mark Dever, who is a mentor from afar, he actually said to me, um, he says, Christianity is personal, but it's not private. It's personable, but not private. It's not private. And so how can you call, name the name of Christ, and yet you're living any kind of way, and no one's there to check you? Other believers are called to check you. Amen. All right. Um, I'm not preaching about that today, but it sounds good, right? Um, uh, in order to be successful as a Christian, i got two more, is you've got to have to overcome the world, the devil, and the flesh. The world, the devil, and the flesh. The flesh, some things are not demons. It's just your flesh. Uncrucify your flesh. You can actually operate in witchcraft by your flesh. Nothing to do with the devil. It could be just mere flesh. People do it all the time. Drug dealers are, are, are great. They are under the influence. They use witchcraft. Pimps do it all the time. Ungodly, unhealthy soul ties are controlling people through witchcraft. Witchcraft is um, trying to manipulate someone. How many know somebody who manipulates, a great manipulator? They manipulate with their words. They're operating in witchcraft. And the Bible says in Galatians that witchcraft is a fruit of the flesh, not necessarily evil spirit. Mm, that went over pretty well. All right, the next and last is how to deal with the devil. And today we're going to focus on how to deal with the devil. 
When we deal with these things, specific in our next series, we'll, we'll kind of give you some, some insight on it. But today I want to kind of talk about how to deal with the devil. How do we enforce the devil's defeat? How do we keep him under our feet and out of our house and out of our head, out of our bodies, out of our finances? How to deal with sickness and lack? How to deal with temptation and sin and how to cast out demons? This is what I want to share today. Pray my strength in the Lord that I'll be able to cover all this. All right, in two minutes, right? Because <laughs> y'all are hungry. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll attempt to answer these questions. And what we don't answer, um, Brother Emmanuel Lambert will answer by the Spirit. He, he has to come back and give that five secrets of Satan. He only gave us two last time. All right, let's go to the scripture. Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. Are you excited about today? Was it a wonderful the kids? Yes. Amen. How many remember when you were a kid and you were in church singing songs? Yes. Amen. It's a good thing to have your kids in church. Um, uh, actually, a, 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 like a, a big sister, not big sister, like an aunt or like a mother. Um, just recently, she just recently passed. Uh, I got news about it last night, and her, her sons are like my brothers. And she was, uh, I just remember being in the choir and, she, you know, she, she's telling us, directing us in choir and how to sing and, and, and Sunday school and so forth. And, and just people like that have a great impact in your life. And, but thank God she was saved to the bone. <laughs> she's home with the Lord. So Mark 16, and let's look at verses 14 um, through 20, 14 through 20. Mark chapter 16, here we go. We're talking about enforcing the... Um, Satan's defeat. Afterwards, he appeared, talking about Jesus, appeared to the 11 themselves. Now, what happened to the 12? It was, wasn't it 12 disciples? What happened to one? He killed himself, Judas. All right. I just want to make sure. Um, after he appeared to the 11 themselves, as they were reclining at table, he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart. How I many know Jesus will rebuke you for your unbelief and your hardness of heart? Because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. And whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons and they will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Let's stop there. All right, let's look at this. Notice it says, and, and verse 17, and these signs will accompany those who believe. Let's just not stop there, but believe in my name. Those who believe in my name, these signs will accompany. They will cast out devils. That word cast means to drive out demons. When the last time you drove out some demons? Uh, they will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean you go around picking up snakes and you're trying to temper God. There's a group, a sect of, of, of I, don't, I won't say cult, that what they do is they pick up snakes and, and they quote their scriptures, especially in Virginia and, and the West, West Virginia and so forth. They, they pick up these snakes and tempting the Lord <laughs> um, and say, oh, you know, we, have, we are to pick up serpents. That's not what Jesus is talking about. Here he's, he's referring to Satan. Satan is called the old serpent. And, um, and, and, and so he's talking about taking authority where demons tread. Um, and he says, if you drink any deadly poison, that means you don't drink something on, poison, on, point, on, uh, on purpose if it's poison. But if you, by, by chance you drink something that is poisonous, <laughs> uh, if you believe in his name, he got you. It will not hurt you. 
And then it says they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And so when, when we lay hands on the sick, the believers are supposed to lay hands on sick people and expect them to recover. Amen. And next year, we're going to talk about the doctrine of laying on hands and the power of laying on hands. There's something to laying on hands. You transfer God's power through the laying on the hands. And it goes on and says, so then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out, preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed what? The word or the message by accompanying signs. God does not confirm personalities. God does not confirm talents and gifts, but he confirms his word. So when you see someone who is flowing in God's gifts, signs, and wonders, does not necessarily mean that they are living right. You can have someone fully used by God and living foul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so it's important that we don't get caught up in personalities or specific gifts. God anoints his word, not necessarily the, 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 the gift. Amen. All right, so go with me to Luke 10. Luke 10, we're talking about enforcing. So we see from this scripture how we're to cast out devils. We're to go into territories where demons tread and take authority over it. As a Christian, you have authority over demons, right? When you speak in Jesus' name, it's as if Jesus is speaking. You represent the kingdom of God. You are an ambassador. And so wherever you go, God's power goes. And you have authority over demons. Don't ever be afraid of demons, don't ever, there was a missionary, uh, I'll never forget this, and, and she was um, um, talking about how she went to a specific country in Africa, and, and the witch doctor came, and, and he began to do his thing, and he begins, began to levitate. Now, most Christians that I know, if, if, a, demon, if a person started levitating, they would leave, right? <laughs> like, peace out, I'll see you later, God bless you, hope you get saved, hope you make it in. I mean, I mean, just... Hope you get in or something. But um, here, this missionary, she wasn't familiar with the power of the name of Jesus. I mean, of course, every Christian knows the name of Jesus is powerful. And this rich doctor began to um, levitate, and she didn't. She was like, ah, <laughs> and she was like freaking out. And she, in the name of Jesus, stop! And it, the rich doctor fell flat down on the ground. There's power in the name. Amen. There's power in the name. And so don't ever be afraid of demons or, or, or you know, sometimes I, I remember preaching one time in, in the youth ministry and a young lady, she was casting spells while I was preaching. It, it, it doesn't matter. You can cast all the spells you want, but you can't curse what God has blessed. So you just got to have faith in that. Like, I mean, it doesn't matter if they if they if all the witches and all the warlocks and all the demonic influenced people decide to come against our church, it, it will not prosper. You sit back and laugh at it. I'm going to bed. I'm not going to sit up. Well, we got to fast and pray, baby. If, if you haven't been fasting and praying part of your life, it's too late. <laughs> now you want to fast after the fact that you heard. I mean, it's, it's a little bit too late. You need to stay in constant contact with God and not be afraid of demons. Amen. All right. And so here in Luke chapter 10, verse 17, it says, The 72 returned with joy, 72 of the disciples, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you what? Authority. To tread on serpents, does that sound familiar, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, 
that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Sometimes people have made a ministry out of casting devils out and make it something, spe uh, something special. But as a believer, every believer, even my eight-year-old can cast out demons. My dogs who are saved to the pole can cast out demons. If I teach them right, say, Jesus, woo, Jesus, say, woo, woo, I'm just trying to emphasize that the fact that it doesn't matter if you're the least member of the body of Christ or you're the mighty apostle in the body of Christ. We all have the same authority. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, I, I, as, as a youth pastor, I trained teenagers to cast out devils. And they did. They did. I'm telling you, it's, 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 easy, it's so easy to cast out devils. Don't ever be afraid of demons and devils and evil spirits and witches and witch doctors and, and, and the occult. Go Walk up in their territory and take authority over everything that moves and be available for God to use you. Don't be afraid of demons. Um, am I lying, Cleveland? Um, we were in Mexico and you were a teenager, right? Well, you, te you were a teenager. You look like a teenager. Um, and, 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 and Cleveland cast out a spirit out of a drunk man, right? In Mexico. How, how old were you? Like what? 14? 15? Oh, you're older. You were 16. Oh, you're a couple years old. 16, 17. And, and, did, and the man was drunk when we ministered to him. And then what happened after we ministered to him? He became sober right after he so I mean that's power. Here's a 16-year-old, 17-year-old casting out a devil out of a drunk man. If a 17-year-old can do that, whatever your age is, you can do it. Amen. 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 Um, and so here Jesus is saying, I give you authority. I, I give you authority. Go to Acts 1:8. And then we'll go to Colossians 1, 2. Acts chapter 1, 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says this, and you shall receive power. After the Holy Spirit has come upon you, to be, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the, uh, to the end of the earth. So here the scripture tells us we receive power. We, see a, we receive authority when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. So we have authority to be witnesses, and part of being a witness is, is to do the works of Jesus. And Jesus went around teaching, healing, delivering people. Amen. And so go to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Um, Real quick, Colossians chapter 2. Let me check my time. Colossians chapter 2, and it simply says this. Let's look at verse 6 through 15. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 through 15. It says, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. If you How many receivers, how many have received Christ as your Lord and as your Savior? Okay, you need to walk in him. Walk in him. Rooted and build it up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving giving, right? Let's jump down to verse 11. In him you also were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, putting off the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ, have been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and un in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all of our what? Transgression. Trespasses. By what? Counseling the record of debt. Mm. Deliver us from debt. As we forgive our debt. The debt. Um, spiritual debt. Um, we were so much in debt to God, right, that it took Jesus dying on the cross to forgive us. So the record of debt that was stood against us with, the, with its legal demands, 
This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. In verse 15, he disarmed, dismantled the rulers and authorities, principalities, and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. So that shows us that Jesus whooped the devils behind at the cross. He dismantled his powers. First John talks about how the son of God was manifested that he may destroy the works of the devil. The works have already been destroyed. We just need to enforce that defeat. We don't have to fight the devil. Our big brother, our Lord, and our Savior already did it. We just walk in that victory. We, we contend. We, we, we fight for our freedom. We've, we've already been made free by the precious blood of Jesus. We just take that blood and we remind the devil of his defeat. When the devil reminds you of your past, you remind him of his past. He is a defeated foe. He's under your feet according to Ephesians chapter 1. God has made us sit together in heavenly places with Christ in heavenly places. And so that Satan is under our feet. We're no longer uh, uh, supposed to allow Satan and sin to rule over us. Amen. And so uh, you cannot go through this Christian life without dealing with the devil. Every successful Christian in the Bible dealt with the devil, including our Savior. We see from, and my time won't allow, but Matthew 16, verses 21 through 23, talks about how Jesus rebuked the devil off of Peter. Peter, one moment, was yielded to the Spirit, um, yielding to the Father. Jesus says, who do men say that I am? And who do you say I am? And, and Peter spoke up. He says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And, and Jesus says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father, which is in heaven. Um, and, and upon this rock, upon this understanding, upon this revelation, I'm building my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And then it goes on, he says, whatsoever things you bind on earth has been bound in heaven and whatsoever you loose on earth has been loosed in heaven. Now we have the power to bind devils. Now the word bind has tripped up a lot of people, but it simply means to tie up the hands of the enemy. So when I say, I bind you, Satan, I tie your hands up. And sometimes Satan will get in your workplace and he'll begin to cause distractions. He'll begin to cause things to, to, to mess up. And you take authority over him. And you say, I bind you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Uh, one moment I, at, at work, things were running smoothly. And, and I don't believe everything that happens wrong is, is of the devil, per se. But things start going out of whack. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is not right. It was supposed to be a smooth night. And I began to take authority over the devil that was causing stuff to happen. And do you know it ceased? It ceased. And I'm not saying every time that something breaks, that means it's the enemy, but you got to recognize when it is the enemy. Amen. Whether it's, um, I told this story many times before. Me and Courtney was laying in the bed before kids and everything. We had the dogs. Um, and we were laying in the bed, and all of a sudden, it was on a Saturday morning, and we had been working all week, and all of a sudden, we heard something run upstairs. And we went out, and, and so... Courtney's like, you heard that? I said, yeah, I heard that. I'm going back to bed. <laughs> and so what I did is I got a, a, a weapon in my house, and so I grabbed it, and, um, and I went outside, I went, opened the door, and there was nothing out there. There was nothing out there. I said, well, it was an evil spirit, honey. Well, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> I said, well, Jesus is exalted, and the devil is defeated. Let's remind him he cannot come in this house. Satan will try to come into your house. 
he will try to hunt your house. He'll, 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 he'll try. He, he, he was in this church for a while. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until about a couple months ago, I, I by the revelation, I spoke to it and commanded it to go and things start breaking loose. Satan will try to hinder stuff. Anytime you do the work of God, Satan is trying to hinder the work of God. And so uh, we see Jesus rebuking uh, Peter. So Peter yielded to the spirit, got the revelation, then turned around. Jesus began to reveal the will of the father about him going to the cross. And the Peter says, no, no, not so, master, no so. And then Jesus says, Satan, get behind me. You do not desire the things of God, but you desire the things of man. So now Peter was yielding to the spirit of the devil. One minute you can yield to the spirit of God, and if you're not careful, one minute later you can yield to the spirit of the devil. One minute you can be praying in tongues, next minute you can be praying in the spirit of the devil, cussing out people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Your flesh is a mess. Your flesh is not completely mortified. And so one minute you can be hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, and the next minute you're ready to fight. So you got to keep your flesh in check. You're not, your flesh is not saved yet. Your spirit is, and your soul has been saved, but your body shall be saved, according to Romans 10, 9, and 10, right? And you shall be saved, right? Romans 8 says, and, and, and our, our flesh will be saved. And so your flesh is still, like, it's still in this, in this battle. Now, don't use that as an excuse. My flesh is not saved, so that's just me. No, 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 no. Don't use that as an excuse. Sometimes people like to use that as an excuse. Oh, my flesh is still in, you know, I'm not mortified. Pastor said I wasn't mortified. So that doesn't give you a legal right to go ahead and cuss and fight. And No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> some people are looking for ways, man, I tell you. Um, go to Matthew 28 real quick. Matthew 28. Matthew 28. We're talking about enforcing the defeat of the devil. We got to remind the devil he's a defeated foe. He should be under your feet and not in your head. Not in your emotions. The devil wants to be in your emotions. You find your emotions up and down. That's an evil spirit yelling in your emotions, causing your emotions. You know how sometimes you feel good, and the next thing you get, you get down and out. That that is a. It can be an evil spirit speaking or yelling in your emotions. When an evil spirit speaks in your to your emotions, your emotions will go up and down. Help, help loneliness. And you'll feel a, a wave of loneliness. Um, he'll, then he'll say, anger. And then you'll feel a wave of anger to a point that you just can't control. You, you just can't control. As a kid, I had anger issues. And I would yield to the spirit of anger. And I could beat up 800, I felt like 800 men. I, and, and I just had this anger. It, just, it didn't matter. I, I, I was really, really, I was horrible. I, I had a, I cussed teachers out. I was willing to beat up teachers. I mean, just all kinds of stuff going on. I was angry at the world. And, and, and that spirit would come upon, I don't mean to tell all my business, but one time I almost killed somebody. And, and my cousin was like yelling at me, don't. And I didn't hear anything. I was like, oh, and it was like something came upon me, and it was supernatural, supernatural as a kid. And, and, and so oh, after that happened, my cousin was yelling, and, and so I went to the, I was staying at her house, and I went to the, the bedroom I was sleeping in, and I knelt down praying. And she, she laughed at me. Yes, the other, I mean, she laughed at me. She said, man, you up there repenting because you know you're about to kill somebody. God was going to get you, boy. And she wasn't saved at the time. But I'm telling you, that spirit could yell anger, and, and all of a sudden you have a wave of anger. 
you ever sense that anger and you just you feel like you're just about to explode? That's that can be <laughs> most of the time could be an evil spirit yelling in your emotions. So evil spirits sometimes what they how they manifest is they will manifest different moods. If, if it's a, a, a spirit of lust or a spirit of of gossip, and I mean you, you say, I'm not going to talk about anybody, and all of a sudden somebody comes around talking, and you find yourself falling in that conversation. That's, that, that's evil spirits at work. You have to put him in his place. And so Matthew 28 talks about this. Go, jump down to verse Matthew 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority, that word authority in the Greek means power, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So God, Jesus has all power and authority. What, what Adam lost at the garden in the fall, Jesus got back. Amen. Jesus got it back. And so he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then he turns around, verse 19, says, go, therefore. So he delegated his authority to the church. So now we got power. We have all power on heaven and earth. We have power to bind the devil. We have power to fulfill the will of God. Now, you don't have authority over people's will, but you have authority over the spirits that are influencing them. You can't make people to do what you wanted them to do. Be careful about praying against their will. Now, if, if God's will is for them to be saved and their will is not to be saved, you can pray that because it's God's will. But for you to pray something specifically about their life that you don't like, you are operating in witchcraft. You're operating in soulish prayers. You got to be careful about praying against somebody's will. I pray that pastor will wear green. I mean, you know, like you, you got to be careful about that. You got to pray for the will of God. Now, if it's the word, you can pray it. But if it's something that you desire, you get, you, you get over into that witchcraft stuff. All right. Um, so we see here the authority. All right. Let's couple more scriptures before I let you go. Um, let's go to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. James chapter 4. You got to say I got it. James chapter 4. Praise the Lord. Thank you for the two I got it. James chapter 4. And let's look at verse 27. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Tony. All right. Now y'all want to be in the spirit. <laughs> James chapter 4. And I said 27, but there's no verse 27, right? <laughs> I'm just testing you. Verse 7. Um, James chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. And what? Resist the devil. And what will happen? Okay, so you don't need some special deliverance pastor, minister to pray for you. You submit to God. You resist the devil. The understood subject is you. You resist the devil. Pastor, I need you to get the devil off of me. You get the devil off of you. Resist the devil. That word um, um, flee means to run in terror. So Satan will run from you in terror if you resist him. Satan is more afraid of you in Christ than you are of him. Now, outside of Christ, there you have no power, no authority. But in Christ, it's as if Jesus is, is walking the earth. We're called what? The body of who? Christ. And so we have that same anointing that Jesus had while he was on the earth. And so we have that authority to walk over the devil. Amen. You don't have to put up the devil. You don't have to put up with the devil. Some people just, oh, God is sovereign. And they, 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 they say, God, you know... If you're sick, oh, God is trying to teach you something. If you're poor, oh, God wants you to be poor. Uh, if you're confused, I guess this confusion is working for my good. 
All things work together. I was in a car accident. It's working for my good. He's intentional. You know, uh, he, he, he's doing it on purpose. Oh, I, oh, everything is working. That molestation was working for my good. Um, my mom abandoning me was working for my good. Um, um, me being exposed to drugs at a young age was working for my good. No. What in the world is that? That is a religious thinking. That is a religious spirit that wants to point everything blaming to God. They, you have an enemy. The enemy calls people to be molested. The enemy calls people to have their mom and dad die at an early age. Come on. The, the enemy will influence a man to le- walk away from a family or a mother to walk away from a fa- I'm preaching better than you saying amen. The enemy influences people to be passive and not deal with conflict, run away from it. The enemy is at work. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, that the devil is the God of this world. So he's ruling and reigning. He's influencing men and women to do things. The devil is influencing people to kidnap kids. Come on. Don't think that God is behind that. Well, God was teaching me something. He was teaching me patience. No, that is a lie from the enemy. Anybody who... the enemy influenced R. Kelly. You can say you're saved all you want to. The, the devil, that's a demon-possessed man. And we're not going to sing any more of his songs. We're not going to dance to any more of his songs. It's, it's demon-possessed. I mean, anytime you... All right, let me leave that up. Uh, it's, um, so, so we got to resist the devil, amen? Resist the devil. And the word flee means to run and tear. Demons and evil spirits are not afraid of you per se, but they're afraid of Jesus. And you represent Jesus. And we must give, we must not give the devil place. Ephesians 4.27 says, give no place to the devil. The devil will try to, he's seeking a place. He's seeking a place in your finances. He's seeking a place in your heart, in your marriage, in your mind, in your emotions, in your, in, in your body. He is seeking a place. Let's go real, real quick to 1 first, um, first Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. Let's look at this. 1 Peter chapter 5, and let's look at verse 6. We're talking about enforcing the defeat of the devil. Enforcing the defeat of the devil. You're not called to fight the devil. You're called to enforce his defeat. Jesus already bruised his head. (laughs) Uh, Jesus already put him in his place. He disarmed him. And so the devil really doesn't have any power like we think he does. The only power he has is what we give him. Fear gives, de- fear gives the devil place. Like faith gives God place, fear gives the devil place. Fear is the opposite. You, you get afraid of something, and the worst, the, your, 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 wor- your worst fear, fear or the thing you fear the most will come upon you. Give place to fear, and, f- and the devil will have his way. Give place to worry and doubt and unbelief and negativity. and Give place to sin, and the devil will have his place. Have his way. All right, here's the scripture in verse 6. Humble, your, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him. Anxiety is not of God. God doesn't want you to be full of anxieties. He's not teaching you something through your anxieties. He says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And then verse, and the next one is be sober-minded. That means you can't be drunk. <laughs> I work for Budweiser. Come on. <laughs> the devil's always trying to get me to drink. I, I throw them cans out and they pop in my mouth. I'm like, yo, the devil, come on, man. Like, what's wrong with you? Um, 
Um, be sober-minded. Okay, that doesn't just mean alcohol, but it's just talking about be alert. Right? I'm reading more into it. Be alert, but that can be the application. Be don't be drunk. Right? Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Some Christians are asleep. The world is asleep in the dark, and the church is asleep in the light. Hell is burning, and the church is asleep. What's causing you to be a friend to an unbeliever, and you won't even open your mouth and let them know that you belong to Jesus? If, if, you know, it's okay to have people that are not saved. I have a lot of friends that are not saved. But if they're, if they're stronger in their sin than you are stronger in your, than in your God, you need to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Let me say it again. If your friends who are not saved are stronger in their sin than you are in your God, you don't need to be friends with them. Because their friendship will corrupt you. Mm-hmm. Don't say, I'm strong. God's called me to go into the clubs. No, no, no. You, that, he told me to go into the, the, the territory of the enemy. No, he is not calling you to go into clubs to witness. No one in the club wants to hear about Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I'm witnessing, you know. I got her number. I'm going to witness to her. No, she's going to witness to you. She's going to evangelize you. Y'all think, I'm telling you, people in the world evangelizing. Homosexuals evangelize. Come on, I'm preaching better than you saying amen. People, people in drugs evangelize. People who are uh, gossip are evangelizing. People who preach against, uh, talk against their bosses are evangelizing. Uh, uh, people who, who, who um, so let me just stop. But you, you, got, you got the point, right? All right, be sober-minded, be watchful, and then go, check this out, your adversary. Who's, who's adversary? You got an adversary. You got an enemy. It's not God. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking. Satan is seeking someone to what? To devour, right? Satan is seeking. He's not seeking unbelievers. He already got them. Peter's writing to the church. He's seeking believers. He's seeking believers. If you belong to Jesus, he's seeking you. Even as the Father God is seeking worshipers, Satan is seeking someone to devour. He's seeking. He is his plot, his war machine, his military um, his military, his rankings, he got rankings, right? We see that in Ephesians 6. He has rankings, different principalities and, and, and wickedness in high places. He, he has them in order, and he's, he has them set up against the people of God. And he's seeking to get to the virus on. Who can I get that says they belong to Jesus? Who can I invade their world? And make it seem as Jesus' work did nothing for them. Verse 9, resist him. Again, this is another, James said it, now Peter said it. Resist him, firm in your what? Faith. And then God talks about the kinds of suffering that, that they were encountering. So resist him, firm in, you got to resist the devil. You cannot sit back and let the devil have his way. Havoc in your life. You got to resist him. You can't sit back and say, oh, you know, God, God, you know, you love me so much. You know, so, yes, God loves you. God, if you love me, uh, get the sickness away from me. No, you do something about it. 
Well, look at the woman on the issue of blood. She did something about her situation. You're more in control of your life than you think you are. The religious folks will tell you, oh, God is ordering everything in your life. Not so. You order some stuff. And you want God to pay for some things you ordered. <laughs> and that's why we have debt. God didn't order that. God will allow you to step outside and, and, and get cold. I mean, get a cold. He'll allow you to step in front of a car and get hit. Well, God, if you're in control, you, you'll stop this car. You, what are you doing? Some people think that. God will let you get in debt. He'll let you get a divorce. He'll let you, come on, he'll let you fall into the worst sin you ever imagined. When I say allow, he's not endorsing it. He, he honors your will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he will. He honors your will. And if you choose to die before your time, he'll allow you to die before your time. Listen, everybody who dies is not die, dying in God's timing. Because there's some things you can do to add to your life. <laughs> Ephesians 6, children obey your parents in the Lord, for this is good in his sight. For this is the first promise, uh, this is the first commandment with promise. And your days will be long on earth. I mean, your days will be well, and you'll live long on the earth. Proverbs 4 talks about there's things you can do to add to your life. So sometimes people say, well, God has a set time for you to die. Where do you find that in Scripture? There's a time to die. There's a time to be born. But it doesn't say a set time. The Bible says in Psalm 91, verse 16, he says, with long life, I'll satisfy you. Right? And he'll show you your salvation. He'll, he wants to satisfy you with long life. The devil wants to cut your life. Well, well, that person was a good Christian, and they really loved the Lord, but they died. Doesn't mean that God still don't have long life for you. The best Christian that you know of can die of a sickness. Doesn't mean that he's not a healer. If they chose to die or go home and be with the Lord, their will is going to be override your prayers of you wanting them to stay here. All right. Okay. I'm going to stop here, and I'm going to talk about how to, how to enforce the defeat of Satan. All right, because I have like five more paragraphs, <laughs> and it's just not going to work. Um, it's just not going to work. It's just too much. So there are some people, um, some people pet their devils, All right? Um, they, they want um, their evil spirit, and they, they truly don't want to be free. And so we're not called to force a person to be set free. We can bind the devil and his influence over their lives, but we cannot force them to be free. All right. If a person is hindered or harassed or wants to um, come against the church, we can take authority of the devil, but we cannot necessarily get a person free. On the other side of it is that um, not every problem is a devil or caused by a demon. Some problems are caused by just personalities, right? And, 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 and let me give you an example um, of dealing with people um, in the natural. Um, the Bible says in Proverbs 22, verse 6, is to train up a child in the way that he should go, right? And so parents have to train and discipline their children in the natural, um, as well as pray and watch over their, them spiritually. Um, evil spirits will try to influence your kids. So you got to watch what they're watching, right? Um, be, be prayerful and watch, be watchful over them. Um, um, there, there's a woman of God, I, I never forget, that she, she saw something, a spirit of lust on one of her boys. And um, so what she began to do is she began to lay hands on him and rebuke the, that spirit and command it to go over time. And it broke that power of the enemy over, their, over her boys. Um, there, there are, evil spirits can influence babies. 
but it's because the father or mother has opened that door. Um, you, you can you, you know as as parents we got to guard our house and we, we we can be a door for which God can influence them or Satan can influence them. Yeah, so that throws our responsibility on us, um, and so we can open that door. Sometimes things that are happening in our kids' life is because we open that door, and so you need to be sensitive to lay hands on your kids and plead the blood of Jesus over them. You see them acting a certain way. You see them talking a certain way. You don't sit back and allow your kids to determine what kind of gender they want to be. Um, you, you don't. You don't. You got to train them. In the way that they should go. Nowhere does it say whatever you want to be, you can be. No, you will be who God made you to be. So what are your tools? What do you have? Do, do you have the tools of a man? You're a man. All right, right? Or a woman. And so that's what you cultivate. And that's what you, you don't allow the world to tell you how to raise your kids. Train them in the way that they should go. And if you see a spirit that's trying to take over them, you can I use your example? You lay hands on them, and you plead the blood of Jesus over them. And when they're asleep, you lay hands on them, and I plead the blood of Jesus. I thank you. Let's, let's pretend you're my son. I, Alfred, I, I call Alfred. He's saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. I pray for his wife. He'll only marry a godly woman in the name of Jesus. I thank you. He knows who he is in Christ. Uh, and I thank you that that anointing that is on my life is transferring into his life right now. And I thank you, Father. I thank you for giving him wisdom and guidance. He, he won't make the same mistakes, Lord. I thank you for surrounding him with godly friends. You need to prepare for their friends. I thank you for giving them good friends, positive friends, uh, pre, um, righteous peer pressure friends. In, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for surrounding, delivering him from unreasonable wicked men and strange women. Uh, Lord, I bind this strange woman that try to influence him. I thank you, Father, for giving him a godly woman. I thank you, a woman full of the Holy Spirit, full of the word, full of common sense. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Father, that he'll never be lazy. Alpha will never be lazy. I thank you, Lord, that he'll work hard all the days of his life. I thank you that, Lord, when he finishes school, I thank you he'll have the right job with the right pay, and he'll never miss Sundays. Oh, God, I thank you he'll put you first. Oh, God, I thank you for that anointing. Anointing. Oh, God, protect my son here. God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for his future is bright. I thank you he'll walk. I thank you for giving him favor with his teachers, principals, and, and, and coaches. And, 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 Lord, I thank you for giving him favor with his first boss in the name of Jesus, the right internship in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that he's sharp, he's smart, he's bright. Come on. I just, I just showed you how to do it. I just showed you how to do it. Do you feel that? You feel that anointing. That no, I mean, I was, I was giving you an example, but I felt that. Come on. And I'm telling you, that's how you pray. You pray, you plead the blood of Jesus. The reason I got my wife is because my mom bathed that joker in prayer. When I was a little boy, she, she, she prayed for Courtney before Courtney was born. And I, got, and I had many opportunities to miss it. <laughs> and oh, abort. Oh, that must, that's my time. Oh, snap. I got to go. Um, <laughs> uh, I aborted that. You know, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. And, and, and because of mom, mama's prayers and daddy's prayers. So one way you deal with the devil, before I tell you how to defeat the enemy, one way is, is you, I'm going to give you a simple example. You, if you're dealing with a spirit that is at work in somebody's life, let's say Joe, somebody named Joe, you foul spirit that is operating and manifesting yourself in the life of Joe, I command you to stop in your operations against me. And I command you to cease and desist in your maneuvers in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how you speak to the spirits. 
Joe may be yielded to the spirit, but when he's around you, he will not operate in that spirit. One time, um, Minister Allen and I, we went to a conference, and there's a specific well-known minister who is anti-charismatic, anti-word of faith, anti-bishop Jakes, anti-anything that speaks in tongues and moves and miracles and so forth. And so he got up to speak, and, and, and I told Minister Allen, said, watch this. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over the spirit that will speak against my faith. He will not say anything against my faith while speaking in, the, in my presence. That man got up, and he spoke everything that was positive and everything that was uplifting. He did not say anything against my faith. Amen. Yeah. And Minister Allen, if he was here, could t testify to that. I'm telling you, you have authority. You have more authority than you think you do. There's no distance in the spirit realm. You can command a spirit to stop harassing someone all the way across the country. All right, how to defeat the enemy. Real quick, here we go. One, understand who you are in Christ. Two, Understand what you are in Christ. First is who you are and what you are. Next, understand what belongs to you in Christ. So understand who you are in Christ. Understand what you are in Christ. What are you? Righteous, sanctified, set apart for God. What belongs to you? Healing, deliverance, peace, joy, righteousness, joy in the Holy Ghost, all those things. What belongs to you in Christ? And then next, develop, your, develop faith in the name of Jesus. This is how you enforce the defeat of Satan. Develop faith in the name of Jesus. So when you pray in his name or speak anything in his name, it's as if Jesus is speaking. So when I say, Father, in Jesus' name, you're actually, Father God hears Jesus praying. So you say, in the name of Jesus, it's not a magical formula, it's, it's you're in the person of Jesus, in the character of Jesus, in the work of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, all heaven, ear, all ears are open. When you say, in the name of Jesus, heaven stops when, he, when you hear that, he hears, the heaven hears that name. Satan stops when he hears that name. Demons tremble at the name. But it's not just anybody saying the name, it's people who believe, have faith in that name. Father, in Jesus' name, I take authority over this devil. In Jesus' name, I command the sickness to leave my body. In Jesus' name, I command confusion to go in Jesus' name. If there's a growth, in Jesus' name, I speak to this growth, and I command it to go in Jesus' name. Well, it, it, it's not happening. You keep saying it, and you keep saying it, and you keep believing it, even when you don't see it, and eventually you'll see it. Thank you for the two clap, hand claps. Develop faith in the name of Jesus. Understand and use the power of binding and loosening. Whatever you bind on earth has been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth has already been loose in heaven. So bind the devil. Today, Father, as I go into work, I just take authority over the devil. The devil will not harass me today in Jesus' name. I bind you, devil, in Jesus' name. I take authority over my workplace. When I walk in, there will be peace, and I'll get my job done unto the glory of God in Jesus' name. Now, if you go and you just mess, you know, you just mess around, then, I mean, there's no power in that. But you go and you just take authority. I bind arguments in the, in the home. I bind arguments in Jesus' name. In the name, the enemy that influences this, this arguments and causing us to be divided, I bind it right now in Jesus' name. Um, I, I remember one time um, I just had uh, just the devil on me in and, and I wanted to die. And, and Courtney's like, oh, no, you don't, devil. <laughs> We're in the bed. He's like, oh, you know, you don't. She took the southern hands and she laid, in the name of Jesus, get off my husband now in Jesus' name. And I was like, oh, 
I don't want to die anymore. <laughs> True story. That happened shortly after we were married. <laughs> I said, oh, I got a powerhouse. <laughs> I'm not going to die soon. <laughs> but I'm telling you, you got you to know that. Kids start talking about death. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't talk death. In the name of Jesus. We cancel those words now in Jesus' name. We, you know, um, <laughs> uh, if, if, if your kids are bad, you don't say they're bad. bad. We call you blessed. You're active. We don't say, you want to call you bad? No, because that invites evil spirits to be bad, to influence them. All right. Um, let me give a couple more and I'm going to stop. Um, stand your ground with the word. Stand your ground with the word. And last but not least, praise and worship God until you see your manifested victory. Praise and worship God until you see your manifested victory. That's how you enforce the defeat of the devil. Understanding who you are what you are in Christ, and what belongs to you in Christ. Understanding the power of binding and loosening. Understanding, um, um, standing your ground in the, with the word of God. Don't give up until you see what you're believing for. And praise and worship God. I'm telling you, praise for the spirit of heaviness. He's given us the garment of praise. You're dealing with heaviness, begin to praise God. I thank you, Lord. You get depressed and down and out and bored. Uh, a child of God should never get bored, by the way. If you're bored, that means you're not doing the will of God. There's nothing bored in Christ. There's always something. There's adventures in Christ, right? I'm, mm -hmm. And so uh, you praise and worship. Oh, God, I thank you. Start thanking God for everything that's good in your life. Lord, I thank you. You got one pinky that's hurting. Thank God for the nines that's working. I thank you, Lord. You got two cents in the bank. I thank you for the two cents. Oh, God, I, I worship you, and I count it all joy as if I got a million dollars in the bank. I thank you for the two cents, and I thank you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. You may hate your, hate your job. You thank God for the job. I thank you for this job. I won't always be here, but I thank you for what it, it is provision. It is a way in which you, you give me my daily bread. And I thank you for this job, Father. I will not curse my job. I, no matter how I feel, how I, I know that this is not my destiny, I will not curse what God has blessed me with. I will not be ungrateful. I thank you, Lord. You got that hoopty car. I thank you for the hoopty car in Jesus' name. You got bus passes. I thank you for the bus passes. I, oh, you got a room. I thank you for the room, God. I pray. That's how you get more. Thank God for what you have. Oh, I'm not totally free, Pastor Wayne. I'm not totally Well, thank God for the freedom that you do have. That's how you defeat him. That's how you defeat him. That's how you get him out of your life. Lord, I thank you, Lord. Oh, your back may be hurting, your lower back, but thank God for the upper back that is working. You may have one good ear. Thank you for the one that is working. Amen. You may get, have three teeth. Thank you, for God, for the three teeth. You may have one piece of hair that comes to your forehead like PD does every two weeks. I thank you, Lord, for this one piece of hair. <laughs> True story. My wife's like, that's a unicorn. You got to hear what's going on because it's like, uh, but I'm telling you, thank God for it. You may have one good friend. Thank you, Lord, for my good friend, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. You may be single. Thank you, Lord, for being single, Lord. I can do what I want to do. I don't have to ask nobody. Oh, God, I can spend money like I want to, Lord. I thank you. Thank you for singleness. If you marry and you ain't got no kids, I thank you I ain't got no kids. Your kids are grown. Thank you, Lord. I'm an empty nester. Oh, God, I thank you. And you, you marry, you thank God for that spouse. Oh, thank you, Lord. And don't stop, stop, think, stop complaining about what is wrong with them. Oh, man, they, they fat. They gain some weight. They, they losing hair and teeth and everything. No, I thank you, Lord. 
I got a good woman. Oh, God, I thank you, Lord. I got a good man. You see what I'm saying? You may have one kid. Lord, I thank you for the one kid. You may got two kids. I thank you, Lord, for the two. You may want five. I thank you for what I do have. Amen. Are y'all, are y'all getting the picture? That's how you defeat the enemy. That's how you defeat the enemy. You, you're, you're, I mean, things are not right, but you thank God for what, you, what is right. And everything, this is the will of God. Lord, I thank you, Lord. I may have nothing else to give, but I, Lord, I thank you that I, I was able to come and hear the word today. Oh, God, I thank you, God. I thank you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. Oh, God, I thank you, Lord. I praise you. Come on, come on, join me. Join me standing. Lord, I thank you. I praise you. I praise you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Come on, your praise defeat the enemy. Oh, just, just like Jehoshaphat, they began to praise God, and it caused ambush against, among the enemy. I, the enemy is confused when you praise God in the midst of your, your struggles. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you that I overcome. I don't yield to sin. I thank you that sin has no dominion over me. Oh, God, I thank you that I, I'll never break my covenant with my wife. Come on. That's how you do. That's how you defeat the enemy. Oh, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I never break covenant with my eyes and my ears and my mouth. I thank you, Father. I speak words that are life. I speak words that are pleasing in your sight. Come on. What, what, what you need from God? What, where do you need the devil to be defeated in your life? Come on. You open your mouth and you give thanks for God for strength. God, I thank you, Lord. You may be on your last bar of strength. Thank you, Lord, for that bar of strength. Oh, when I'm weak, that's when he's strong. And I thank you. I thank you, Lord. I praise you. Thank you for my mind. Come on. I'm not losing my mind. My mind is sharp. I'm sharp. I'm bright. I learn things 10 times quicker than the average person. I never, never lose my memory. In the name of Jesus, I thank you that God has given me a sound mind. Come on. Sound mind in the name of Jesus. I come against the enemy that's causing, trying to cause some of you all to lose your mind. In Jesus' name, I feel the anointing right now. So there's some people struggling with your mind. And, and right now, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over the enemy that trying to cause you to lose your mind. Cause you to lose your mind. You are you're not losing your mind. In the name of Jesus, God has given you the spirit of power and love and a sound mind. You have the mind of Christ. And you remember things. Say, I remember things. I remember things. I'm not, as I get older, I, my mind gets sharper. As I get older, my mind gets sharper. In Jesus' name, I come against that spirit that wants to cause you to lose your mind. Lose your mind in Jesus' name. And we take authority over your mind right now. Command your mind to think good, good focused thoughts in Jesus' name. Uh, that which has been scattered, scrambled. We command it to be straight in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. I take authority over arthritis in Jesus' name. I command arthritis to leave your body now in Jesus' name. Arthritis, go. Come on, let's speak to arthritis. Arthritis, leave, leave my body now in Jesus' name. Just say that. Arthritis, leave my body now in Jesus' name. In the name of arthritis, leave my body now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. Oh, pain in the body, go in Jesus' name. I command pain to go in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I praise you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. I praise you. If you hear every eye closed, every head bow, if you hear you don't know Jesus as your Savior, your Lord, I want you to be bold enough, brave enough to raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I'm not saved, Pastor Wayne, but I want to be saved. Or I'm in a backslidden condition. I want to rededicate and recommit myself to Christ. If that's you, raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to give my life back to Christ. I want to give him 
give him my life for the first time. Is there one here? Is there one here? That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.